Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why was the sand wet? Because the seaweed. Which baseball team always has a sense of deja vu? The New York Haven't We Mets. What do you call a cactus that's really, really sharp? Precocious. Ow. If you just read the bio for Dr. Steve, host of Weird Medicine on Sirius XM 103 and made popular by two really comedy shows, Opie and Anthony and Ron and Fez, you would have thought that this guy was was a bit of, uh, you know, a, a clown. Why can't you give me the respect that I'm entitled to? I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart bone exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast it with the wave, an ultrasonic, echographic, and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for all my ailments, the health equivalent of Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem. 
for my disease. So I'm paging Dr. Steve. Dr. Steve. From the world-famous Cardiff Electric Network Studios, it's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio. Now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve. And this is a show for people who would never listen to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you've got a question you're embarrassed to take to your regular medical provider, if you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call at 347-766-4323. That's 347-POOHEAD. Follow us at on Twitter at Weird Medicine or at drscottwm. Visit our website at drsteve.com for podcasts, medical news, and stuff you can buy. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. I guess I'm using the royal we today because I'm here by myself. I am not your medical provider. Take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show without talking it over with your doctor, nurse, practitioner, practical nurse, physician assistant, pharmacist, respiratory therapist, chiropractor, acupuncturist, yoga master, physical therapist, clinical laboratory scientist, registered dietitian, massage therapist, proctologist, zydeco musician, or whatever. All right. Very good. Um, don't forget uh, to check out stuff.drsteve.com for all your online shopping needs. It really does help keep us on the air. Um, and uh, check out Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net, simplyherbals.net. And uh, he has his nasal spray back on the market uh, for sale. And I'm not a fan of the device that he has this time, but the nasal spray, I mean, it still works. Um, I've been in negotiations with him to to maybe talk to his uh, supplier and swap that out for the next batch. But uh, it's uh, got peppermint oil in it, buffered saline, and CBD. So, I mean, it has a little bit of everything in there. And uh, I will attest that it is a great nasal spray uh, this time of year to flush those um, uh, antigens out of your nose. So check him out at simplyherbals.net. And then uh, please do check out our Patreon uh, channel. It's patreon.com slash weird medicine. For an extraordinarily low fee, you get um, uh, access to content that isn't available anywhere else, including classic shows, but also new shows, including our newest show called The Exam Room, when we have celebrities come in and ask uh, us questions. And this show is basically Tacy and me. And uh, every once in a while, we'll have a little extra person in there, maybe Lady Diagnosis or Dr. Scott will show up. But this is a, a show for Tacey and me to uh, to bond um, over and, uh, and to uh, do a project together. So check it out, patreon.com slash weirdmedicine. If you want to hear somebody just in, giving me shit all the time rather than vice versa, that's a good show. <laughs> Tacey isn't shy in that regard anyway um all right listen i'm very sorry that this show is so late getting out i had just a shite week at work and i'm going to be having shite weeks at work for the next probably uh, one to two months and then uh, come october as i step down from my system role and go back to what i really love doing which is seeing patients and teaching uh, things should get a little bit better, and I'm um, hoping I'll be able to put a little more focus on the show and all those kinds of things as well. So hopefully the quality will improve on the show. 
And uh, that's it. So let's get into it. Um, someone on Twitter sent me an article that I thought was really fascinating because we've been talking about uh, mind-gut axis on the show for a long time and also fecal transplantation. And then now here you go. Here's an article uh, that's uh, titled Fecal Transplants Reverse Signs of Aging in Brain, Gut, and Eyes of Mice. So this is a murine study, meaning that it is, you know, a mouse-derived data. But this is where this stuff starts. We seem to be totally fine doing things to mice that we wouldn't do to each other. And then, but if it works and on the mice, then we are, uh, we'll take it to the next level, maybe do a primate study or a larger, you know, a pig study. Pigs are a little closer to us than, than mice are. And if it works in the pigs, then they might do a primate study. And then if that works, they may do human trials. Uh, but here's here's that article. It says, and this is from newatlas.com, the connection between gut bacteria and human health continues to be illuminated in all kinds of ways. Among the more fascinating is the way these microbes might influence different aspects of the aging process. So whenever I see anti-aging stuff, I'm always skeptical up front just because there have been so many scams in the past. And uh, But, you know... Um, if modern medicine worked in such a way that it's just lack of knowledge that prevents us from uh, allowing any one certain person to live uh, to you know for a long time, in other words, oh yeah, they've got congestive heart failure. If we just had enough knowledge to do something to reverse that, they would live longer. If that were true, there'd be at least two or three, four hundred year old people running around just by just by chance. And uh, the fact that uh, the lifespan seems to be capped out at 120, and that's in extreme cases, the average lifespan being significantly less than that. And a lot of these people who live to be 120, it's not because of modern medicine. They just don't ever get sick. Um, there's groups of people in the Ural Mountains that uh, drink vodka and smoke cigarettes every day, live to routinely live to be 100 plus, but they never see a doctor. And uh, that's the thing is that, you know, the key to living to be 120 is don't get sick. Well, we don't have any control over that. Uh, having good genetics helps, that's for sure. But again, you don't have any control over that either. So, uh, so anyway, I'm always a bit skeptical of this, although I understand that Aging is simply a physiologic process that at some point we may be able to reverse that. Should we? I don't know. Uh, what if it only? What if it's fabulously expensive? Then only the rich get to live a long time, and the rest of us get to just you know die on our regular schedule. Uh, if it's insanely cheap, uh, then we have a problem with overpopulation. But it may drive our uh, quest to get off this planet and colonize other worlds who knows so uh, you know science fiction has uh, studied these things significantly in uh, Frank Herbert's Dune the uh, spice melange had life prolonging uh, properties but it was fabulously expensive so uh, wars were started over it and that wasn't the only thing it did it did all kinds of stuff including give giving 
people a limited ability to see into the future. And that's why um, the uh, guild navigators, oh, blah, 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 blah. That's, you know, I'm, I'm a big nerd now. Anyway, those of you who have read Dune, understand it. If, if not, um, sorry, I, I went down that rabbit hole. But anyway, uh, this study has highlighted new facets of this relationship, but demonstrates how hallmarks of aging in the brain, gut and eyes may even be reversed through fecal transplants. So, you know, a lot of uh, uh, pseudo-medicine has to do with seeing a rat study that says, oh, you know, glutamine is good for X, Y, or Z in rats and so let's just glutamine's on over the counter we'll just sell people glutamine and make these claims about it and um i just don't see a huge rush of people doing the same thing with uh, fecal fecal microbiota but anyway it says the makeup of microbial communities in our gut is being shown to shape many different aspects of our well-being we're starting to really see how inflammation can play an intermediary role when it comes to cognitive health. Now, this I do believe. Uh, one 2019 study offered some interesting insights to this space by showing the intestine to be the source of immune cells that reduce brain, brain, brain inflammation in multiple sclerosis. Later that year, we saw the approval of a drug designed to remodel the gut microbiome to reduce neuroinflammation for treatment of cognitive decline in Alzheimer's. Now, wait a minute. What is that one? Oh, okay. Micro, it's, okay. I, I clicked on this study. Microbiome-altering Alzheimer's drug unexpectedly approved in China. It says, in a surprise to many researchers around the world, Chinese authorities recently approved a novel drug claimed to improve cognitive function in patients with Alzheimer's disease, the drug derived from a marine algae, or algae, is the first new Alzheimer's drug to reach the market anywhere in the world in 20 years, suggested to reduce neuroinflammation by modulating a person's gut microbiome. Now, isn't that interesting? I'd like to see the data on that. Well, anyway, uh, results from a study published in Nature Aging last year provided particularly compelling evidence of the influence of gut bacteria on the brain. It focused specifically on brain aging, showed that transplanting fecal matter from young mice into old mice. See, young people, when shit becomes valuable, the poor will be born without assholes. That's uh, uh, a saying from my past. Um, the old mice could reverse some aspects of age-related brain deterioration. So young people's fecal matter will have a higher street value than old people's fecal matter. Isn't that interesting? Um, yeah, learning ability, long-term memory was improved. These were considered among the first insights in how gut bacteria can influence brain aging in mammals. Now, the latest findings in this area come from science at um, some University of East Anglia who have added yet more weight to the idea gut bacteria can influence brain health via inflammation. They've simultaneously shown how these microbial communities can influence certain biomarkers of aging, not just the brain, but the gut itself and also the eyes. They transplanted fecal matter from healthy young mice to aged mice. And yes, I, I would like some healthy young fecal matter, please. And also reverse uh, experiments where the younger mice receive fecal matter from the older ones. 
They then analyzed a range of inflammatory biomarkers across the bodies of the animals and teased out some valuable insights. Following these transplants, the young mice showed a loss of integrity, of course, because the old <laughs> have no integrity. Oh, 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 in the gut lining. Okay. They showed a loss of integrity in the gut lining, which allowed bacterial products to pass through and circulate around the body. Okay, yes, okay, I, I understand this. They're talking about um, tight junctions in the gut. And uh, these are uh, places where cell cell uh, walls, well, we don't really have cell walls, uh, cell membranes uh, uh, meet each other. And if they are tightly bound, then that makes a very uh, tight junction, hence the name, that doesn't allow anything past it. You know, it, it acts as a wall. But if they're loose, then uh, toxins and bacterial parts and different antigens can uh, breach that, that wall and uh, cause inflammation in the tissues on, you know, on the other side of that so-called tight junction that is now loose. So uh, this triggers the immune system in turn, inflammation causing overactivation of certain immune cells in the brain and elevating levels of proteins linked to retinal degeneration in the eyes. That's amazing. Conversely, the scientists found that these sorts of markers could be reversed in the older mice by implanting them with fecal matter from younger mice. This also boosted levels of healthy bacteria previously shown to be linked to good health in mice and humans. So. Um, this is an interesting study. There is another way to do this, though. This just struck me as I'm reading this. There is a medical food called enterogam. Enterogam is serum bovine um, immunoglobulins. And if you have loose junctions in your gut, you could do something to try to tighten them up, i.e. do a fecal transplant, or other things that you could use. I think uh, the drug lubiprostone, a.k.a. Amatiza, also tightens those junctions. But the other thing you could do is just block things from broaching those loose junctions, and that's what that uh, enterogam does. Uh, the serum bovine immunoglobulins bind to all these al uh, antigens and quote-unquote toxins and bacterial parts and things like that that cause inflammation. And they bind to them, preventing them from being uh, exposed to the tissue that then causes inflammation. So that may be something. So, yeah, this, is, this bears some... Uh, now, listen, if my mind is just as spry as it ever was and my eye is just as, uh, you know, uh, has just the resolution that it always did, but my body is still falling apart, that's going to be infuriating to me. I mean, if I can still see that half of a, you know, tit tattoo on a, on a redneck woman with a tank top on, which was only... <laughs> kind of my thing i know it's weird and because uh, you always want to know what the other half of the tattoo shows and i can think about it i can process that and i can see it with high resolution but there's nothing i can do about it that will be irritating so we got to figure out whether uh, fecal transplants reverse signs of aging in other parts of the body as well if you know what i mean anyway that's very very interesting all right today's episode is brought to you by angie 
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. Um, let's move on from there and let's take some of your voicemails. One thing, don't take advice from some asshole on the radio. All right, my friend. Thank you very much. Uh, let's do this one. Hey, Dr. Steve. It's Ben from Connecticut. Hey, Ben. Uh, just a quick question for you. I recently had a pilonitis cyst, um, that had to be surgically operated on. Uh, I don't believe they completely removed it. Mm. Um, as they mentioned, that the chance for occurrence is reasonably high. 
Yeah, that's true uh, anyway. But, but to prevent future uh, occurrences of that, should I, I'm told to do full hair removal on my back and uh, butthole region. And uh, so the doctor recommended Nair, but no. I was listening to your last podcast, and he recommended not to use Nair anywhere near the rectum. Uh, so I'm wondering what my options are, uh, if I should just rip my teeth and bear a wax. Uh, I'm not really up on that kind of thing, so please let me know. Appreciate it. Yeah. Talk now we do, we talked about this recently, and I've got another person that did a thing that responded to this. Hey, Doctor Steve, and everybody in the studio. A couple things are not related. When I was in the Marine Corps, I nared my body from head to toe, and it hurts in a certain areas. Yes, it does. I don't know. I wasn't the smartest person, but I did it on a dare. Okay. So, I we. We covered this a long time ago. Uh, if you join our Patreon, I believe that show is up. And if it isn't, I'll make sure it is up pretty quickly uh, where we had the ass crack challenge. And uh, P.A. John was going to nair his ass crack. And uh, double vasectomy turd was going to uh, shave his ass crack. And then I was going to have mine waxed. And doing research on this, we told John not to do it because everything I read said that if you put nair on that sensitive part of your body near the anus, you can really cause some real damage. So we only did the two legs of that. Uh, and uh, Todd found that if he shaved his ass crack, it was great for like a day. And then you get ass crack stubble because when you shave, you make a you know, a square end on the hair. And, uh, but if you wax your hair, then it will grow back tapered. So if you let it grow back, it doesn't cause irritation as it's growing back. And we found all this to be true. Uh, so I went and looked and there are a couple of people responded to this saying that there are, um, uh, no hair, uh, intimate private slash at home hair removal creams. And uh, there are, and some of these are marketed for people to use in the genital regions, except that it says, let me just read you some of, the, this is one from one of the ones that says it's for the genital region. It says, save yourself, pain, pain, pain. Maybe he was doing the, uh, the Spock mind meld with the Horta pain. Okay, going back too far, sorry. Uh, it says, not for balls. I got to let you guys know, do not buy if you're planning on using this for you sack. I want to use, use this all over down there and for my butt, worked fine, but please do not apply to your sack. By no means is my skin sensitive at all. And after one minute application, but the sack was on fire. I immediately rinsed it off, but it was too late. My sack was burned, and I wasn't able to get out of the shower. The pain was so severe, I was seconds away from going to urgent care. I'm writing this to save you from thinking it does a damn thin for your balls. Once I'm healed, I'll only ever shave that area again. The advertisement is false and shouldn't be allowed to, uh, oh, it shouldn't be allowed on balls. Okay, let's see here. 
Let's find another one. This one says, find something else. This product needs to be more specific on what skin and hair type it works. I used the whole container, waited the six minutes. Most of the hair didn't fall off as I had to pull most of it by hand. It was a messy experience. Here's another one. The packaging for the product expressly states it is for the, quote, genitals, unquote. There's even an illustration of a man's bikini brief clad bulge on the back of the package to go along with this claim. Yet in the fine print, you find it is not for the penis. Guess what, you deliberately deceptive manufacturer? The penis falls under the heading of, quote, genitals, unquote. Well, that indeed it does. Um, this person said, without describing the embarrassing particulars of this product, caused severe burns despite using the product as the instructions directed and performing a test skin patch first, I sought medical attention from a family member. That was my cousin. Um, okay, uh, let's see here. First attempt, waited three minutes, tested nothing, another minute, a little came off in the shower, put more on the second attempt, big mistake, took the hair off, then burned my balls. You get nothing! Uh, hit the wrong, the wrong sound bite, but that actually worked. Uh, okay, let's see. I'll do one more. Um, <laughs> this one says, I'm not even trying it due to the directions. Okay, I'm not. <laughs> it says here, how can something be for your intimate areas when it requires a spatula to apply it because it should not touch your fingers? Good point, my friend. All right. Uh, ouch, I got to use this on my neck as well as my friend. Now, listen, okay, this person asked about pilonidal cysts and then was talking about Nair. I, if you used it, so let's talk about what a pilonidal cyst is. This is a cyst you get at the bottom of your tailbone, and it's called pilonidal because pilo means hair and nidal means nest. So it, when you open these things up, Often there will be a nest of hairs that have grown under the skin, and then it eventually gets infected. So it's a big mess of pus and a nest of hairs, and uh, hence the name pilonidal cyst. And it looks like a big uh, zit at the bottom of your tailbone. It's more common in men than women, and it usually happens due to sitting, leaning back. So people who recline when they sit are more likely to get this. Truck drivers will get it, and people who sit a lot uh, will get it. And um, they can drain it, but it will usually recur. So then normally the surgeons recommend that the thing be removed. But then you've got to change the way that you sit. And yes, uh, uh, one way to avoid ingrown hairs is to avoid having hair in that area at all. So uh, I would wax it rather than nair it. Anything that will reduce the inflammation of the skin as the hair grows back is, uh, I think, would be beneficial. Or you could have it lasered. Just laser it. It'd be two or three treatments. You'd be done. You wouldn't have any hair down there. And that'll get rid of the, um, the, the hair follicles and everything. Now, uh, my friend Chanda tells me that that works better on people with darker, coarser hair. So if you're blonde with very fine hair, I'm going to posit that you probably don't have a pilonidal cyst if you have very fine blonde hair 
in the tailbone region. But if that's not the case, then absolutely uh, go for it and uh, get it lasered. So that's what I would do to prevent it. As a matter of fact, while I was talking about this, I was searching and I found that research evidence suggests there is a significant reduction in recurrence rates of pilonidal cyst with the use of laser hair removal. Well, I'm going to give myself a dang bell on that one. Give yourself a bell? I just did. Thank you, sir. Uh, so how about that? Yeah, th so right now, I'm, that would be my top recommendation based on just my own intuition and um, based on the little bit of evidence that I've found doing a search while I was answering this question. So, all right, very good. Um, we got this is an interesting one here, and this has nothing to do with medicine, but it has something to do with something that we talked about last week. Hey, Dr. Steve, this is Travis in East Tennessee. Hey, Travis, how are you guys doing? Good, man. How are you? Just uh, heard your podcast uh, mentioned in Dollywood and thought I'd give you a little bit of history on it in case you didn't know. Um, started out in the 1960s or 70s as Rebel Railroad. And the park's always been uh, themed around that steam train that rides through the park. And uh, originally it was... Uh, yeah, one thing about Dollywood, particularly you little kids love, is this dang steam engine train that will take you around this cul-de-sac and all around the park. And uh, people <laughs> love that thing. And when it comes, you know, they, they have the conductors out there, that'll how do you do and all this stuff. It's really, it, it really is a, a cool thing. And it's easy to get on, uh, you know, you all, even when the lines are bad at Dollywood, you can usually get on the first or second time. Um, like I said, Rebel Railroad, and it was themed to be uh, Civil War times. And then it became Gold Rush Junction, and then Silver Dollar City. And well, was it Union or was it uh, Confederacy? That would be, since it's called Rebel Railroad, I think maybe that's why it's not called that anymore. And the folks that uh, bought it as Silver Dollar City uh, changed the name to Dollywood and uh, did a partnership with Dolly Parton. And even up into the... Uh, 1990s uh, they still had some of those old buildings up where the train turns around and uh, they would have cowboys come and uh, you know rob the train it was a uh, it was a lot of fun it was really neat yeah so if you want to have that experience still and thank you travis uh go to tweetsie railroad and there are probably a bunch of these things but i remember our little our littlest one was a big fan of thomas the the um engine or whatever he was and they would roll a different uh, front onto that. And all of a sudden, Thomas the Train was there, and he would take you around and uh, uh, the Tweetsie Railroad thing. And they still have uh, scenarios and uh, uh, little action pieces that they do when you go by. And in, in the, uh, at Hollywood, Hollywood at uh, Halloween, kind of the same thing, right? Uh, Halloween the um it's all scary themed stuff you know ghouls and goblins and things that you see as you go by all these different areas on the railroad but anyway enough about tennessee and north carolina minor theme parks although i guess dollywood no longer is a minor theme park because it has the number one wooden roller coaster in the world which is called thunderhead and it is it's nuts 
it is really nuts. So uh, I always thought that Dollywood would be a bunch of painted concrete and a bunch of just schlocky stuff, but it's very nice theme park if you're into that sort of thing. All right, let's see here. How about this one? Hey, Dr. Steve, it's uh, Matt and Christy in Charleston, South Carolina. Hey. We uh, have some friends that are... You hey, know, by, are... by the way, Matt and Christy, we will be in your area uh, in the next few months as we head down to uh, uh, the Charleston area to do a vacation, and that'll be in July sometime, you all, so uh, we'll make sure that we've got some evergreen shows running or we'll run some stuff ahead of time, but anyway. Child is friends with their child. And uh, so now we are forced to be their friends. Okay, and, understood uh, that. They have another child that uh, has something called panda, and it's some kind of infection that's led to like uh, neurological problems in the brain or something like that. Can you help us understand what it is and what they are going through? So maybe we can be better friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's well, being better friends in this case just means being understanding of the situation. Pandas is short for pediatric autoimmune neuropsychiatric disorders associated with streptococcal infections. And uh, when kids get this, if they get uh, OCD or a tick disorder or both, they suddenly appear following a strep throat infection or any other sort of strep infection, could be scarlet fever uh, or, um, you know, and I don't know if this has ever been associated with strep versions of uh, impetigo, which is a skin infection, so I'll have to look into that. The diagnosis of pandas is further supported if the symptoms of obsessive compulsive disease or tics uh, suddenly become worse uh, following a strep infection. And it's usually dramatic and happens overnight and completely out of the blue and um, can invoke um, motor tics. That'd be just twitching of the face or the body or vocal tics um, or both obsessions, compulsions or both. And uh, they may become moody and irritable and have panic attacks and show uh, separation anxiety and those kinds of things. And uh, these damn strep bacteria um, are recognized as foreign bodies in the uh, child's system. And uh, the immune system reacts to these molecules by producing antibodies, as we're well aware now. Most people are, have some expertise on immunology these days after two years of pandemic and vaccines and all that stuff. But uh, the immune system is supposed to react only to the strep molecules. But in this case, they also react to the human host uh, molecules that, uh, that are similar. And so these antibodies uh, attack these sort of mimicked molecules in the child's own tissues. And you, this is uh, similar to rheumatic fever, where people get... Uh, uh, you know, strep infection, then all of a sudden the body produces antibodies to um, joints or heart tissue, you know, cartilage in the heart, that kind of thing. So it's not that different, but in this case, it's causing uh, neuropsychiatric problems. And uh, there are some cross-reactive antibodies that target the brain, and that's what's causing these OCD and these tics 
and then uh, causes this panda syndrome. So uh, it is diagnosed not with a lab test, but by criteria. And so the diagnostic criteria are, as we talked about, OCD, tick disorder, pediatric onset, episodic course of symptoms. In other words, if they get exposed to strep again, it gets worse. And association with any strep infection. And, uh, it, and, and then the key to it is that it was abrupt onset or abrupt worsening of symptoms. And what do you do when you treat this? Um, uh, well, I, you know, they can do a strep titer and see if it's really high on these kids. That just shows that they have high circulating antibodies to strep. And then, you know, to treat it, they just treat it with antibiotics. So that's for these acute episodes. They treat the strep infection causing the symptoms. And usually the great thing about strep is almost all the time you can treat it with simple uh, penicillin. These dumb bacteria don't seem to be able to mount a, uh, a response to penicillin, probably because they're so sensitive to it, it just kills them all and they can't uh, develop uh, um, resistance to it. They recommend that uh, toothbrushes be replaced or sterilized after antibiotic treatment to make sure they don't reinfect themselves and uh, make sure that nobody in the family or strep carriers, including, by the way, dogs. Dogs can uh, have been implicated as carriers of strep in kids with recurrent strep. Now, uh, the children that have OCD usually benefit from standard medications and behavioral therapies, cognitive behavioral therapy, that kind of stuff. And um, they can use even serotonin uh, reuptake inhibitor type medications for these kids and there are medications for ticks and so you just sort of basically break down the symptoms into their component parts and treat those separately. We never love to put kids on SSRIs when they're you know ever and so they want to start low and go slow so they often use a liquid preparation and, and use the tiniest amount that you possibly can and this should be done by a specialist in my opinion and then uh, for the very worst cases you can give them intravenous immunoglobulins sort of overpower and uh, reduce the effectiveness of the local antibodies or you can do plasma exchange just to get those antibodies out of there. The problem with that is, you know, these treatments can increase your risk of infection, and uh, there are always in risks with invasive procedures like that. So that should be reserved for just the worst possible cases. So, um, you know, there is clinical research out there. Go to clinicaltrials.gov, and you can look up PANDAS syndrome. Make sure you have the S at the end and uh, see if there are any clinical trials that your kid or your friend's kid could enroll in. That would be something for the parents to do, but you could ask me, hey, have you guys looked at clinicaltrials.org, particularly if they're very distressed about what's going on with their kid. I don't know the severity of their Ill of the kid's illness. So anyway, all right, very good. Well, listen, um, we had a little bit of uh, feces talk and then some more interesting uh, science stuff. So I appreciate you all being with us. We'll have a normal show next week, which will be in just about four or five days. Uh, until that time, we can't forget Rob Sprantz, Bob Kelly, Greg Hughes, Anthony Cumia, Jim Norton, Travis Teff, that Gould girl, Lewis Johnson, Paul Opcharsky, Chowdy 1008, Howdy Gooplunk, 
Eric Nagel, the uh, Port Charlotte Whore, the Saratoga Skank, the Florida Floozy, the St. Pete Barkeep Blower, the Tampa Dolly Museum Diddler, Percy Dum, Roland Campos, Sister of Chris, Sam Roberts, She Who Owns Pigs and Snakes, Pat Duffy, Dennis Falcone, Matt Kleinschmidt, Dale Dudley, Holly from the Gulf, Christopher Watkins Double, Steve Tucci, The Great Rob Bartlett, Vic's Nether Fluids, Cardiff Electric, Casey Sweat T-shirt, and I always thank Carl's Deviated Septum, but that's really Carl's actual Deviated Septum. And uh, one of my friends uh, named um, Mark pointed out to me that uh, that's also my name on Discord, which means that I'm thanking myself in a, in a weird way. So I'm going to change that to Carl's Malformed Foot. Uh, producer Chris, Jenny Jingles, The Inimitable, Vincent Paulino, everybody, uh, Eric Zane, Bernie and Sid, Martha from Arkansas's daughter, Ron Bennington, and of course our dear departed friends, Gvac and Fez Watley, whose support never went unappreciated. Listen to our SiriusXM show on the Faction Talk channel, SiriusXM channel 103, Saturdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern, on demand, and other times at Jim McClure's pleasure. Many thanks to our listeners, whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. Go to our website at drsteve.com for schedules, podcasts, and other crap. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps, quit smoking, get off your asses, and get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine. These effing allergies, Jesus. <laughs>